Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Epitome of Stupidity, Quinn's favorite metal podcast. That's your damn right it is. Um, episode number 35, right? Yes. Okay. That's triple confirmed. Okay. And we have a band in the background for this second That time. is one of our favorites, our boys in Huntsman yes. with Canary King. If for some reason you haven't heard him yet, listen to him. Look at you, Brian. Not Brian that I do a podcast with either. <laughs> we'll get to that in a second, though. So speaking of Brian, we have another Brian on the show, an artist named Brian Ewing. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. We'll get to what he's all about here shortly. We're sure you've seen his art. Yep. We'll have the conversation in a moment. But we want to talk about real quick, it's been several weeks since we've done a show. I love what you've done with your hair in the time that we've been apart. Thank you. It's It's, a crew cut. It's beautiful. Someone's phone is... The the perm is you. (laughs) What are you listening to, Dick? (laughs) I've been on a heavy dose. You know, after the the year-end madness, trying to figure out top lists and all that fun stuff, I did the Brian thing and went on a nostalgia trip after yeah, we're yeah. done with all that. Uh, listen to, I got on a run with that Mad Season album. Uh, hey, that, did, did I have any influence in that? No. Well, I just said, uh, that's what I was listening to. I like told you that show. that's one of my all-time oh, whatever, favorite whatever. albums. Anyways. Uh, got me some zombie going on, some white zombie. Astro Creep, never get tired of that album. Never, ever. And uh, lately, have been on a massive run of Deftones. And I'm of the opinion that there should be more good Deftones albums. They're releasing one, right? Then it's supposed to be better than that last one. Um, Is that hard to do? It shouldn't be, no. Man, that thing was bad. What about you? I got nothing, really. I listened to a lot of Han and The Haunted because I got a record player. Hey. And I've had their album sitting in there, and I've, I've had the Haunted album in, for a year now, and I've never been able to listen to it. So, Han, I did, I did a little White Zombie, because you, when you bring up the old stuff, I got to instantly listen to it, right? Hey. You walked in the house, and, and Around the Fur was playing. Right. That's all good stuff, but I did more recording and all that jazz on my time off than listening. So much recording. Whatever. I've listened to yeah, that I one know, song 4,000 times. a billion emails. All right, Brian, you're up, man. <laughs> what have you been listening to, buddy? Fuck. Uh, the music I listen to is dictated by the work I have to do. So um, That's true. A lot of Weezer. <laughs> Other than that, uh, I knew I was going to get asked the metal <laughs> questions. It's the like, metals. Yeah, my glasses are steaming up. I'm so nervous. <laughs> um, Don't be nervous. Uh, after listening to your last podcast, I started checking out Han. I thought that was really good because uh, it kind of you could tell the guy really loves Danzig. Uh, in some of his answers, you know, you know, like Desert Island album Danzig, you yeah. know, and you could kind of hear that in some of his singing. And the way I pictured what he looked like was nothing the way he looked right. like. <laughs> yep. And so I thought that was funny. But uh, yeah, checking them out that was really good. Uh, Fuck. So, uh, what, what, how about this? Who's who's like your top one or two, three bands? It doesn't have to be metal, of course. We're just allegedly metal podcast. Uh, again, it's really hard to say. I'll listen sometimes when I am working on a project for a band. That's all I listen to, even if I don't like the band. Not um, really. So, you know, uh, there were God. Uh, I actually no. The other day, I was listening to Knock Mystium. I really liked uh, Death Metally uh, Part 1, I think it is. Do you know them? Nope. Let me know. Uh, they kind of go off. They were like super black metal, and then they kind of went off into like experimental with like horns and shit like that. <laughs> and um, they, uh, I, uh, yeah, they're really good if you ever get a chance. Because it's, uh, fuck, man, I hate these, having to answer this stuff. <laughs> it's like... Take your time, buddy. Yeah, yeah. No, it's um, it's the number one question I get asked all the time. What music do you listen to? And it's always disappointing because my music taste is 
depending on the project I have. So um, I did a project for Megadeth a couple months ago, and I had to listen to every Megadeth album, you know, for days. That's so that's great. <laughs> sometimes some of it's crap. You yeah, know? some of it is crap. Some of it is, and crap. it's just like. Oh, my life, but <laughs> you know, and then I just want silence or I want to listen to like an audiobook or something like that. Yeah. So, uh, um, okay, man, yeah, I, I hate that question. All I, right. I never have a good answer. Well, we're, we're good to our guests, so we will we'll we'll take it off, take off the hot seat there and we'll just get going right here. So, why why would anyone care that we have Mr. Brian Ewing on our show? Why would it's why, me? <laughs> why, why would well, I, I, I was thinking about that, and I think there's one answer that you brought up earlier. Because he's worked with Metallic and you haven't. Well, there is that. There's a <laughs> there's a, a just insanely impressive list of people that he has worked with and done stuff for. Yeah. I would be, uh, I would bet money that anybody whose ears are hearing this has seen something of yours in some way, shape, or form at some point in yeah, time. Not known it. And uh, now they get to hear about how that stuff came about. You yeah. know, um, the uh, I sent it to him as I was trying to do a little bit of homework so that I could sound a little smarter than usual. Uh, and, and your your bio there with the whole, the first sentence is something about left porn <laughs> to, uh, let's start there, buddy. Uh, <laughs> there you go, there's your lead. Okay. There, so so um, before I started doing posters full time, uh, I moved to LA from Minneapolis in 1999. And uh I was working at a Kinko's. I fucking hated it. Mm. And because I worked at a Kinko's in Minneapolis, I was like, I'm not moving anywhere without already having a job, which was, you know, I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> I should have been unemployed like everybody else. Uh, so I had a job at Kinko's and I left after six months because I answered an ad in the uh, LA Times, you know, for an assistant art director for an, a men's adult magazine, which I thought was like GQ or details. Right. And so I didn't know what the initials LFP stood for. And I was raised very very catholic and so i didn't i didn't have a lot of experience with porn so i go to the interview and i brought in a bunch of like black and white xeroxes folded in a manila envelope and um the lady i was speaking to this uh this woman named sharon ludke uh we talked about the job for about 20 minutes and she's like well you haven't started laughing yet and uh you haven't freaked out and you haven't run away um you know, uh, do you want the job? And I was like, yeah, sure. You know, and she's like, yeah. So have you read Hustler magazine before? And I'm like, no, <laughs> no, I, I, I've seen the cover before, but that was about it. And, uh, we spent it's about entrepreneurs, right. That are really yeah, trying yeah, to make it. Right. Much. It's like a <laughs> fast company or yeah. Inc or something. Yeah. So, um, we spent the, the rest of the interview talking about music. She grew up in the seventies, uh, with Joey Ramone, she used to date him. Um, Debbie Harry ran with all those people like Basquiat and Warhol. And so nice. I think she, sometimes it, you don't need a great resume, you just need a good personality. Yeah. And uh, especially at a place like that, because it's not as crazy as everybody wants to think it was. But I worked at Hustler for two and a half years. Doing So what exactly, what, is, what did your job entail? Nothing fun. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I was hired to be an assistant art director, and they fired me before I started because uh, Larry Flint's daughter's uh, fiancé needed a job. This guy, Virgil. Uh, he was like this six and a half foot tall George Bush motherfucker, <laughs> you know, country guy. He had like a, you know, this is LA and he has like a four by four pickup with the personalized plates that say the Verge man. <laughs> and uh, so they gave him my job and it was just kind of like what you see like in a, on a Reservoir Dogs, like 
you know, Mr. Blonde gets a job, you know, on the docks and he never goes. He just, you know, collects a paycheck and everybody there. So right. It's, yeah. it's kind of the same thing for this guy. He was he was pretty much a moron. And, he, you know, he was marrying into money and all this other stuff. So they gave him my job and I was unemployed again. And then a couple of days later, they're like, well, we found a, a spot for you here, but it's not an assistant art director position. You know, like so what I ended up doing was uh, uh, I would help. Uh, make sure things ran on time. So I would deal with art directors, printers, distributors, stuff like that. And then I started editing some stuff and I would freelance for all the, they had like two dozen magazines, like adult and non-adult. Yeah. So if anybody skateboards, like they uh, had Big Brother, which was a really fun magazine to work with. Yeah. So those guys were crazy. They were crazier than the hustler people, to be honest. Like, (laughs) <laughs> I would sit in on meetings sometimes, and um, like the VP would just be like, "Nope, nope, nope, can't put that in the magazine," you know, compared to the the porn stuff where they got away with a lot. Right. Um, yeah. So I did that for about two and a half years, and they were grooming me to be an art director. But the lady Sharon, who had hired me, quit um, after a while, and I didn't really know what I was doing. And um, so I, at the time, Mackie Osborne, Buzz Osborne from the Melvins, his was, wife worked there. Yeah. And she was the art director for Barely Legal, and we would talk all the time and just talk about art and show each other, like, art books and crap like that. And, uh, uh, you know, I would show her the posters I was doing. I did a Hank 3 poster at the time, and um, I really didn't know how to make money at this, so I was just showing her what I was doing. And she's like, oh, you know, you want to do something for the Melvins? I was like, sure. Yeah. You know? I was like, oh, all my scumbag friends back home in Milwaukee (laughs) will be really impressed. Um. (laughs) <laughs> so uh, after I quit, I stayed in touch with Mackie and a bunch of other people. But uh, after two and a half years, I just couldn't do it anymore. It was just not going anywhere. It wasn't creative. I hated my boss. My boss hated me. And uh, yeah, you know, I wanted to do art. And I thought, I got nothing to lose. And if I had to get another job, that's whatever. You know, I'm young. I was like 25, 26. Can't remember. But. So, th- well, that's essentially what got you into the door of doing the the gig posters or any kind of van artwork. Was sort of word started spread from there. Yeah, yeah. Um, how it happened was I was doing them on the side, and uh, I was making a little bit of money doing it, but I didn't understand how to run a business or anything like that. Like I was, you know, people didn't even have websites really. Yeah. You know, this is early two thousand. So, um, I just hustled. I hustled a lot, and uh, around the same time. I met up with uh, the people that run the Troubadour in L.A. and showed them all the stuff that I was doing when I lived in Minneapolis and the stuff that I was doing once I moved to L.A. And uh, they were stoked on it. And they were like, yeah, you know, you want to do posters for us, you can. You know, and I was like, cool. I should have asked for money. (laughs) But uh, what they did was, you know, they're like, you can go to any shows you want. You know, we'll hook you up with some drinks, but we'll introduce you to all the bands and their managers. And uh so that's kind of what I did. I would treat the Troubadour as my office. And, uh, you know, I'd go to shows. I wouldn't drink until the show was over. And I already talked to everybody because I just wanted to, like, make sure, you know, I wasn't going to try to, like, give everybody friend prices where, you know, everybody's <laughs> right. like, hey, man, come on, hook it up. Right. You know, it's like, we're in a band. It's cool. And, <laughs> you know, and if you have a couple of beers in you, that's all you want to do is be nice. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I, would, I did that. And uh, I just hustled all the time. And I didn't really think the posters were going to last more than a year and it's been yeah and how how'd that thought work out like 18 years 18 years yeah nice. stupid you that's, know <laughs> it's weird how shit works out yeah yeah and it's weird to to see because i was just thinking about it um 
so I was trying to do like a year end recap for, you know, just what have, what have I done this past year? Cause I never do those. And I was just going through all these photos just from the past year. And it's just like, wow, you know, like 18 years ago, what was I doing? You know, I was just, that was half my life practically. And, uh, you know, I was still trying to figure shit out. So when I meet younger artists and they're really bummed out and they're like 19, I'm like, you got time. Don't yeah. even sweat it. Like, I didn't figure my shit out till I was like 27, 28. Yeah, if you're going to be an artist, I mean, this is just an assumption. You're going to have to be patient, right? Would that be no, that? you have to be impatient. It, really? You, know? you got to go. sit around and wait for opportunity to knock, it's never going to knock. You know, UPS guy will knock, but not opportunity. <laughs> You know, deliver your bills. got the wrong address anyway. Yeah, yeah, or Jehovah's Witness. You know, <laughs> that's about it. Um, yes, I did find Jesus. He's under the bed. Come yes, look. Yes. <laughs> uh, so before yeah. we get too far away from it and take the deep dive into all the other things here, uh, we were both wondering. You know, born in California, lived everywhere. Now in Columbus. Why? <laughs> How and why? What were you thinking? What? what uh, are you, yes. Why are you still here, sir? We're happy to have you, but um, why are you here. I moved here in 2012. Uh, prior to that, I was living in uh, New York and Manhattan, not Brooklyn. <laughs> Some friends of mine were graduates from CCAD, and they had asked if I wanted to lecture at CCAD. I was like, yeah, sure. So they flew me out, and um, I was supposed to go to South by Southwest right after that. And so right before I left to Ohio, I had FedExed all my boxes to go to South by Southwest because I was going to exhibit there and have like a booth and everything. Because um, they have this really cool uh, poster show every year sponsored by the, um, South By called Flatstock. And so I was a part of that. Um, anyway, uh, I get to Columbus and I do my lecture and I swear a lot during the lecture. And the dean of illustration is just like head in hands. <laughs> and um, I found out that none of my stuff made it to Austin. So I was like, fuck, I'm oh, going to be shit. here. An extra couple of days, I guess. So uh, a buddy of mine, Andrew, uh, was he lives here, and um, he's like, "Let me show you around," you know. And he's like, "Look, guess how much this house costs around." I was like, "I don't know, man. I'm from Manhattan right now, so yeah. <laughs> five grand." He's like, "No, eight hundred dollars," you know. <laughs> yeah. And uh, a couple of months later, after living in New York long enough and just hemorrhaging about four to five grand a month, um, I had a studio and an apartment, and I was just freelancing my ass off. I didn't have rich parents or anything, so. I was like, I think I'm, I think I'm ready to try something else. And I grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, so you know I know what the Midwest is like. And Columbus is a lot different than Milwaukee. It's a, it's a little bit different. You know, everybody's into their sports and their guns. Mm. And <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah, depending on every four years, what side of the the line they are yeah, politically, yeah, yeah. it's really crazy. Yeah. So. yeah. Now, how long you been here, Columbus? Six years. Six years. 2012 to 2018. That's math even I can do. Well, that's good. I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you can do that. Um, Speaking of shows, yeah, uh, I have it on good authority that you've got a solo show coming up this year. Yeah, and I forgot the name of the gallery. Um, it's going to be in Pittsburgh in November, I think, like the sixteenth. I'll I need to talk to the gallery and kind of figure it out a little bit more. What they're doing is like all year round, they're doing um, these music related art shows with bands playing and stuff like that. So um, there's a couple of like uh, rock and roll bands that I know in Pittsburgh that I was going to ask to. Uh, uh, play the art show and stuff like that. Just curious to see, you know, doing art shows, you really don't make any money. It's kind of like this really big party. That's about it, you know? And, um, you know, you see in the magazines, like all these cool people hanging out and, yeah. and it's, it's not that cool, you know, <laughs> yeah. but the, well, posing for pictures. <laughs> yeah, kind of. And, uh, you know, you're as an artist, when you're younger and you're reading about all these artists like Shepard Ferry and, you know, all these people, you, you're like, yeah, that's what I want. You know, that's kind of lifestyle. And you realize it's kind of boring, you know? 
<laughs> like the art show is, it's about, you know, it's never the destination. It's always the journey. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, what can you, what kind of relationships can you get from being there? But. I don't know. I just totally shot down my own art show, didn't I? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's, uh, I wasn't going to say I, that, but I was kind of thinking the same thing. <laughs> You're like, dude, shut up. Yeah, yeah. It, um, uh, no, I'm totally going to go to that. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, it, those things are for the people that are coming, right? I mean, that's right. Yeah. It's, good, it's the good experience for them. For you, it's just it's just uh, entertain the whole yeah. the whole time and run How long around. does this go on? Uh, it's going to be for about a month. Um, Every, like, five days a week? Well, I'm not going to be there, but uh, <laughs> no, they're going to, you know, the it's going to be in like a real gallery, and okay. uh, I think there's like city funding and all that stuff. Um, no, I'm going to try to do some cool shit for it. It's just the stress of it, just you know, like oh, the stress I, of I keep saying yes to these things, right? And um, but like this, like this podcast, no, no, right? <laughs> no, it's uh, stuff like that that really gets you to think creatively and just really knock shit out when you need to. Any other conventions or shows, anything like that this year? Um, yeah, uh, I'll be doing a convention in New York called Five Points Fest, and then uh, New York Comic Con with Jason Edmiston. Uh, he's this really great illustrator. And then uh, I'll be doing um, Designer Con in Anaheim, uh, which is really fun. Uh, I bet you get a lot of frequent flyer miles. No, I was never smart enough to like <laughs> actually. Uh, Andrea's been helping me out. My girlfriend, she's been kind of like getting me situated and figuring shit out. Because as an artist, you're like, mm, deal with it later, <laughs> right? And uh, later turns into ten years, and you realize like, why am I still alive? Like, you know, because <laughs> you you can shrug off so many responsibilities because you're like, well, I have I have deadlines. You know, that's yeah. my excuse, right? So, you know, uh, luckily I decided not to get a haircut for a while. So uh, that's, like that's off the to-do list, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, I save 10 minutes every every four weeks, I guess, <laughs> not getting a haircut. <laughs> you know what? I'll give you a It's more like half an hour. You got to drive there. You got to have True. it done. It's you a gotta thing. Try to fake your way through a conversation. Yeah. yeah. It's, um, any, anything coming up locally, poster-wise? Uh, not yet. Part of the reason I bring it up is... I we found you because you did the the poster for the Queen show. Uh, oh, cool! Of, what two years ago? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That fucking thing is so cool. And a reference back to John Ramada. Horns to you, oh, buddy. Cool, cool. Um, yeah, the uh, I, I also on my wall. <laughs> oh, uh, I had to uh, I had to go early and go backstage and sign and number all the prints because the management didn't tell me to <laughs> and so uh um their merch guy this guy mike Ricci, he's like the coolest guy in the world he tours with queens and nine inch nails and all these guys and he'll come in like i tattooed him and stuff like that and we'll get like lunch or dinner and he's like hey man can you come in early and just number all this stuff how and many was was what's he just going how many was there uh, there's probably like 400 was there four? I, I can't remember did you get it at the show or <laughs> yes. okay so. i did and it was raining so i yeah. had to have it in my shirt yes. in the damn plastic sleeve all night <laughs> oh my god yes totally worth it though that thing's cool did as you shit. uh say hi to me after the show no okay so all right uh andrea was there and um i think that was the first time you saw queens of the stone age that was the first time i saw them. yeah i fuck and i adore queens oh man i saw them the first tour they had oh no shit they played this really tiny place kind of like the basement at the yeah. lc called the 7th street entry in minneapolis and there was like 20 people there oh. and i i loved caius and i'd seen caius a billion times right. so seeing you know like the the queens of the stone age stuff happen was pretty cool and then being able to work with them was fun so uh, but and yeah. like the burning question for me personally uh, is how does that happen 
I mean, I know that you've made connections and you've worked your ass off getting to the point that you're at now. And I guess we can kind of, to some extent, understand that. But I mean, now being Brian Ewing, how does how did you just you get an email? The, the, the uh, poster for Quest? kind of. Um, if you do anything long enough, you get good at it. You know, yeah. uh, it's like there's Have you like, been listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think you guys are doing a great job. Like you turned me on to music and it wasn't like I better listen to this band because I'm going to see them the next day. It was like, <laughs> no, they played some of their music. I was like, yeah, I'll give it a shot, you know. And uh, it's, you know, it used to be zines and fucking hanging out at record stores. That's yeah. how you hear about new music now. It's the uh, podcast. So it's no, you guys are doing great. Um, Appreciate that. But yes, uh, and you're not tra- talking about true crime because it seems like there's <laughs> that's a billion everything. true crime. <laughs> you, know, you know that's here in Columbus, the true crime garage. No, the, the one at the top is a, a buddy of mine. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> I've met other people like, yeah, we're gonna start a podcast. It's gonna be like, you know, Crimes. true crime. It's like, <laughs> and they uh, probably they probably have a bunch life. of followers, and we're just talking about metal, right? Uh, you'd be surprised, I'm sure. Um, I this is more universal than true crime, and you know, um, so uh, as far as like getting started, uh. Uh, or even staying relevant, it is a it, it's a matter of being professional and um, doing good work, right? Well, I mean, you get better, you yeah. know. Like I looked at some of the work I had done when I would started, and I was like, well, that's the best I could do at the time, yeah. you know. And I'm happy to see progress. Like I just tell everybody I suck less, you know. It's a uh, it's easier than saying, you know, oh, I'm great or anything like that. <laughs> right. it's, you yeah, have yeah. to live that down, you know. And, Lower That's, expectations. Yeah, yeah. You, you won't. You know, if you fall, it doesn't. You don't fall as hard. Right. It's, you're not as high. A fall so. from six feet is yes. so much better than a fall from thirty feet. Yes. I want. I want to. I want to get through a couple more of these bullet points real quick, because then I want to make sure we get these and then come back to the okay. fun, the fun stuff. But I want to make sure we get this stuff out. Go for it. So, in the notes here, it says you have a toy. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> yes. What is the toy? <laughs> What's the toy you got? I'm going to be doing a uh, like a resin. Uh, toy with uh, a toy company in Dayton, Ohio called Urban Vinyl Daily Toys, UVD Toys. And uh, it started out as a piece of tattoo flash that I designed when I started my apprenticeship. Uh, my mentor, Mike Moses, was like, you need to drop some flash. And he had just done these, this really cool set of deck of cards, actually. And each one had like a piece of art on it. Like uh, this ghost right here, pointing to my arm, mm-hmm. is one of his pieces. So I was like really stressed out and nervous. So the first thing I did was just draw this ghost with a boner. (laughs) And I was like, "Ah, no one's going to notice that. And when I started to, you know, like, hey, I have Flash, you know, you want to come in, I'll tattoo this for free. Um, I got quite a few people and I was just, I was kind of surprised at how popular it was. And then uh, I started working with Travis and Jenny of UVD Toys. Uh, I designed a... Uh, a wedding poster for them that ended up being in the Columbus Museum of Art last year um, for their Star Wars show. And uh, they started doing toys and they were showing me this stuff and we were just kind of like, you know, let's just do something. So I had this idea for an enamel pin and they said, let's turn it into a toy. Um, Other than that, I have a a toy company with a buddy of mine, uh, Justin Jewett, called Metacrypt. And it's more of the HP Lovecraft shitty heavy metal from the 80s you know uh (laughs) like or movies like the gate or trick-or-treat and shit like that right and we kind of take everything that we liked when we were younger and we created this like baphomet toy and uh that's produced in japan uh it was sculpted by the same people that make ultraman toys uh called sikaluna i think i'm pronouncing that right probably not Mm. um wouldn't be the first thing pronounced wrong on this one so (laughs) uh yeah we've been doing that for about six years and uh 
Justin does his own kind of toy thing that doesn't really fit within the realm of what we want to do with Metacrypt. So, and by toys, I mean just like figurines, right? Just kind yeah, of little yeah, collectible. Like, oh, know, so they're like, foot, they're eight inches tall or so. Yeah, okay. yeah, like nine. I don't know. Um, and they they're articulate, but this is like a goat with like six or three pairs of boobs on its back, and um, you know the horns and all that stuff. Right. And we designed it not just for like toy collectors, but for people who just like. And who who like these dark things? Yeah. yeah. Um, Where can these things be found? Uh, I guess it would be metacrypt dot com. M e t a hyphen crypt c r y p t dot com. All right. Um, or you could just you know I have links on my website and stuff like that. Brian Ewing dot com. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I want to talk about the documentary real quick. Did you guys watch it? Or I skipped through it. I haven't had a chance to actually sit down and watch it. <laughs> I I was clicking through and I I saw a piece that was obviously yours. Yes, this part. Okay. Mm-hmm. Play. <laughs> What um, what's it about? I mean, it's, um, it's with high on fire. It's called it's, making it. At, at yeah, the high on fire part's specific to Brian. Yeah, uh, it was put together by these two guys, Tony Mormon and Woodrow Hinton. And uh, Woody is from CCAD. He's the guy that talked me into coming out and doing the lecture, oh, nice. and then talking me into staying. Full circle. And uh, they had an idea to do a documentary, but they kind of needed to round it out, and so. They asked me uh, another guy named Eric Fortune, whose work's really amazing, and then Andrew Bewiedemann, who does who is he's the other guy that talked me into staying here. He's a pinup artist, and now he makes knives and stuff like that. You know, um, and it's about the three of us in the middle of our careers, not the beginning, not the end, just kind of in the middle and where right. we're at. And um, the uh, Tony, the director, is like, hey, you know, so and so is really busy. Can we just film you? And I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever, you know. And they're like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I got to meet with this band, High on Fire. And they had never heard of the band. And so we got to go to Soundcheck. And um, it was just the three of us in front of their amps. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when you're at a show, you have all sure. these people yeah, like absorbing blocking, that. Yeah. And uh, your ears have never been the same. No, no. <laughs> these guys, like, uh, like Tony probably listened to more like, like Poison the Well, stuff like that every time I die. But he had never heard a band as heavy as High and Fire. And Woody listens to like top 40 music. He's, oh, man. it's just not his thing, you know? Right. And uh, <laughs> it was kind of like the old uh, Memorex commercial or Maxell. I can't remember what it is With where the guy is. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and his hair is being blown back because <laughs> yeah. you could just see these guys just like blown away literally by the sound, the wall of sound that yeah. these guys are producing. The sheer fucking metalness of Matt Pike. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Pine Fire's management was really cool about it and like let us interview the band and they shot some live footage and yeah, that's pretty much it. You know, it's uh and what is, is YouTube? Uh no, no, I don't think so. Uh it's just on your website then or yeah. no, I don't think it's actually out yet. Uh, it is out. Uh, is it? there's just to to let people kind of screen it, it's easier to just have it on like uh Vimeo and it's like a private thing. So mm-hmm. um otherwise I know that those guys it's called like making it pictures.com um they promote it there and okay um if you're you know old or young and you're looking into being an artist it's a little too honest because you'll probably be bummed by the yeah. end of the movie oh wow <laughs> would you mind us putting a link in the in the show for it? yeah go for it okay um, so yeah we'll have a link be stoked a link below for that um next up on the agenda here i want to i want to talk about and then we'll wrap it up with some fun musician stuff tattooing uh, That's near and dear to my heart, as you can see. Haven't you two actually had a conversation about? We did, er, er, yeah, a while back about getting some work done. And how's that? How's that going? Are you still an apprentice? Or yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what so shop? I work at Cauldron Tattoo. It's okay. at two one nine King Avenue, in uh, 
forgot what area that's called. It's like Is the it? Peachtree District or something. <laughs> okay. Um, but it's on King Avenue. It's pretty, it's, it's so, it doesn't even look like a tattoo shop. It looks more like this kind of fancy antique store. Okay. Um, but I'm apprenticing under Mike Moses, and he is an amazing tattoo artist, and he also builds pickups um, for bands, and he has a company called Black Triangle. So, um, The guitar pickups? Yep. Nice. Okay. Oh, shit. I was thinking trucks. No, no, no. You got excited about trucks. You excited about <laughs> guitars. I didn't see that one coming. All right. And how then I realized it. How was the transition for you there going uh, from how, whatever your medium is? In the, okay. Oh, yeah, man. Um, I... Uh, over the years, I've made some pretty good professional friendships with other artists that I admire, and they would just be like, wow, man, you're so lucky. It looks really cool. And it's like, if you ever want to feel like you suck as an artist, try tattooing. <laughs> it's not easy. It's yeah. not paper. And, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know, your paper doesn't sweat. Your paper doesn't come in nervous. Your paper yeah, yeah. doesn't try to be tough. You don't have to stretch it out and get yeah, it. And, you know, yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Paper, uh, I've tattooed, you know, 18-year-old people and 60-year-old yeah. people, and skin is weird, man. Um, <laughs> people are weird. and so uh, I was about to leave Columbus, Ohio, and Mike and I, we met in New York um, through mutual friends, Becky Cloonan, um, who does a lot Becky of... Becky Cloonan, I have a random tangent. I She's on our Twitter. She's fucking awesome. Yeah, yeah. She is the coolest person in comics. Um, and you want to talk metal, talk to Becky. Yeah. Like, really. Uh, she's done a lot of stuff for Roadburn. She did one of Clutch's album covers. Um no shit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Which probably one? Like three albums back. I can't remember. Do uh, you remember the imagery? Yeah, know. it was after Electric. The one after Bill Street. So Robot High, or not Robot High, but Strange Cousins. I can't remember. It's purple. Can it? Can, I, purple. Yeah, I didn't it's know. Fine. I'd have to good. That. Uh, just go through your collection. You'll yeah. see. Um, yeah, uh, they had the. I thought it was like Electric Warriors or some shit like that with the Indian on the cover. Like really great artwork. I think she did the album after that. Okay. So it had, maybe it was like That would five, be Strange Cousins, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, she's done a lot of artwork for bands, but I knew Becky through doing posters and comic conventions, and she's like, hey, you know, um, I, it's a long story, but I passed her on the street in New York, and I was like, hey, what's up? And she's like, oh, it's my friend Mike. And we talked, and he had a shop. He worked at a shop uh, a couple doors down from where I lived. And so we made time to like hang out. Then he tattooed some of my friends and um, we hung out a little bit after that. And then I moved to Columbus and uh, he did like six months later, he uh, started dating this lady who's now his fiance. You know, we hung out for a couple of years and then I was like, hey, man, I'm, I think I'm giving up on Columbus. I'm going to move back to L.A. where, you know, like I have friends like it was really hard for me to transition here. Um I, it was hard to make friends. Dating sucked. You know, like all I had was, oh, good. We have Ace of Cups, you know. <laughs> there's uh, there's some good metal bands that come through there, bands in general, you know, yeah. and then like the Newport and LC. So I'd travel a lot and I just would never be in Columbus anymore. And um, he's like, I want you to stay. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I just can't do it. He's like, well, we had talked about you apprenticing with me. Do you still want to do it? I was like, yeah. He's like, well, if you're serious, you <laughs> show up tomorrow. Show up to the shop tomorrow. And uh, at the time... He had a, another shop called Spiritus, and so I showed up the next day, and I just, that was the first day of my apprenticeship, and uh, it's a weird feeling because I'm 10 years older than Mike, yeah. and uh, everybody's like, how does that feel? And I, all I care about is if someone's going to help me get better at something, yeah. that's all that matters. Right. And, uh, you know, I just, I like to joke because everybody walks in, and they introduce themselves to me, and they think I'm the owner because <laughs> of the way I look. You know, yeah. Mike's, Mike's younger, younger looking. <laughs> Not as good looking as me, but right, you know, of course, of course. he's got to live with that. But, right. uh, 
Um, Let's cross the bear. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, so uh, I everybody assumes I'm very uh, well practiced or skilled in tattooing, and I'm you know I'm only two years into it. That's why I gotta hurry up and get in before you charge yeah, real man. rates. I'm cheap as hell. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, do you want do you want to give out your rate? Because I'm going to put. Oh a yeah, it's only. God, one lady actually, um, I was closing up one day and she's like, how much you charge? I was like, I'm an apprentice, so I only charge 50 bucks an hour. She's like, no, you don't. <laughs> Get out of here. And I was like, yeah, just 50 bucks an hour. She's like, why? And I was like, uh, because, you know, it's. Shut up, lady. Yeah. Because I only do stick figures. <laughs> yeah. It's to get people in the door, you yeah. know? Um, but yeah. Uh, Link to the shop below for sure. Brian and I will hook up for some ink. Cool, cool. For sure. Clint? Um, yeah. No, Clinton. Clinton naked canvas over there. He is. You're going to be more unique than most people eventually because right. tattooing has become so mainstream. Right. Everyone has one, you know. So to not have one, that's uh, you know, that's crazy. That's unless harder you, to do. Unless you plan on committing some crimes, you don't want to be identified. You know. <laughs> well, I mean, there is that. Yeah. Well, you're still recording, right? <laughs> I'm not going to directly answer that yet. So. We got all that out of the way. Now let's get to the fun stuff, the bands and all the what crazy fun stuff. There was like 45 fucking minutes of fun stuff. The music related <laughs> stuff. How about that? How about that? The, <laughs> the music, back to the music, let's say. All right, Clint? All right. Jesus fucking Christ, this guy. Um, <laughs> can, is it fair to ask you top client, top thing you've uh, done, top poster man. or most successful poster? I mean, whatever you would consider. It's hard to say. Like, Or maybe, how about this? The band that you did that you thought, wow, the first one you thought, wow, I'm I'm really gonna work for these or work with these guys. God, I, these I got nothing. Hate these. Um, <laughs> it's uh, been going on so long, yeah, right? It's, hard. Yeah. it's uh, a big pool to pull from. Like in the past couple of years, it's been a lot of like bucket list bands. Like I got to work with Ministry, which blew my mind. Nice. When I was a kid. I yeah. I got to see them a long time ago. You know, ever since the Land of Rape and Honey, I was a huge fan. So I got to work with them. Megadeth. Getting to talk to Dave Mustaine was pretty weird. Um Meeting your heroes is probably the most unfun experience I've ever had. You know, Um, it seems to be a unanimous thing. Yeah, we haven't really had any shitty experiences like that. So, well, I guess we just should continue to not aim too high. Right? (laughs) No, no. And uh, you know, you guys serve a purpose. You know, and people are like, "Well, I'm on the show for a reason." You know, it's to promote or or to do whatever. And um, but if you're a fan. Um, or, you know, someone just brings you into a room and they're like, Hey, this is so-and-so. And they're like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> right. Right. And you're like, Hey man, good show. Uh, you know, <laughs> Hi, like, Dave. thanks. <laughs> and that's all you got. You know, they pat you on the head and then they push you out the door. <laughs> right. Um, I think like working for like Tibber Negro is cool. Um, uh, some bands, you know, not cool, but like they totally made my career. Like there's this band called Brand New that, uh, had hired me in 2004. And um, I had this piece of artwork laying around for another shitty band, and they weren't going to pay me. So I was like, well, you can't have the art. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Brand News Management hit me up. They're like, hey, we need a tour poster and a backdrop and all this other stuff. And I was like, all right, cool. You know, Can you send me their album? I don't know who they are. <laughs> and um, so I listened to them. I was like, okay. Uh, I sent them all these sketches. They're like, no. Nah. I was like, well, I have this finished piece of art. Do you guys want that? And they're like, sure, cool. And they turned it into like tour posters, T-shirts, and a huge back- backdrop that they toured with for like five years. And so every show they played had this huge piece of art of mine. Yeah. So I always thought the work I did for bands was like a great way to promote myself. Like posters to me are like really big business cards. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, like I can show up with a bunch of posters and you're going to hang one of those up, you know. 
You are. Oh, yeah. several of them. Yeah. No, no, no. And, you know, whichever ones you don't keep, you just give to your friends or whatever, but you're promoting me, you know, and that's how I see it. And, um, you know, I, I, I could never make it as an illustrator, as an artist. Like, I could not find freelance work, so I kind of made up my own job by doing posters. And I just never knew it was going to turn into this thing. But, um, yeah, I'm trying to think of, like, other cool bands. Uh, well, let me ask you this. So, posters... Is, would you say so? As far as your band work, would you say like gig posters is like eighty percent of what you do? Have you are you do you have any uh, album covers that you've done? No. Um, I did some stuff early on for like brand new and uh, friends bands, but um, people are ve- like people in the music industry um, are very short sighted. They see poster and that's all they think. Mm-hmm. Like um, same thing with like the comics industry and stuff like that. Like, could you ever do a comic book cover? And it's like, well, yeah, a poster is just a very big right. version of a comic book. <laughs> of course I could. And, uh, you know, so, which uh, is that Queens of the Stone Age poster that yeah, I yeah. referenced earlier. Yeah. Um, and I've done comic book work and stuff like that because of the rock posters. <laughs> Since you said rock posters, have you, any other genre that you've been um, a part of? Any rap, any blues, you know, any kind no, of? No, no. Uh, sadly, hip hop, um, the people that are in charge just don't have that kind of, vision for what they think you're probably not your work is in front of those people a lot of times anyway so they might even um a lot of times they are because oh. my work's hanging up in record right stu- you know like record label offices yeah, yeah okay like promoters like golden voice and live nation and crap you've like done that. some country posters haven't you yeah yeah i did a. what was that called it was in they actually it was in people magazine for be, well not because they thought like oh this is cool but they paid to put it in there yeah. but my mom was really impressed with that yeah and, i'm um, impressed with it i'm not yeah, it's called like the country throwdown this was uh this is like 10 years ago but it was the people that um put together the warp tour also did this country throwdown um tour you've had more than a couple run-ins with the warp tour haven't you yeah yeah um that also made my career like i always get made fun of for working with the warp tour, and I was like, I don't give a shit, man. Like, right. you know, <laughs> who's I, making fun of you for that? Other artists or something? Oh, yeah, I didn't yeah, mean like, to completely sidetrack oh, no, no, you there. No. I just wanted to jealous throw I, that pin in. No, I just think it's funny. They're like, that's not punk rock, man. It's got logos right. on it. Right. And it's like, fuck you, dude. Right. You know, you're you're typing that on your your brand name right. computer. Yeah, Go watch SLC whatever. Punk and get yeah, back. Yeah, to yeah, it. yeah, yeah. Go I'm do just, some drugs. I'm going to keep doing kick-ass artwork. Anyways, saw it in time. Yeah, yeah. Mom was impressed. Yeah, like the warp tour stuff was cool. Um. So yeah, um, I'm totally going off track here. I don't the know, country I don't know. thing. The country thing. Uh, I did some stuff for, like I said, Hank Three. Yeah. Uh, he and I were emailing quite a bit back then, and um, uh, after and I did stuff for like Reverend Horton Heat, you know, like right. things that I was growing up on that are only cool to like sixty year old people now, <laughs> you know. But back then, like uh, you know, rockabilly was in its like third renaissance, and everybody was really excited by it um so there's another band called the three bad jacks who were really good that just never went anywhere which is kind of a bummer um but it's like i think rockabilly went to die in ohio and and in la in california that's where you see it the most but um you would know yeah yeah (laughs) yeah, i see it all the time you know that and tiki shit you know it's everywhere what'd you what'd you do in what guitar world um a buddy of mine josh bernstein who went on to put together the Golden Gods Awards. He was an art director there. And um, uh, he put out a uh, magazine called Royal Flush. And it was kind of like this art and music magazine that all these other magazines were obsessed with. And um, he was working at Guitar World at the time. So they would, him and Jimmy Hubbard, who is like a really amazing photographer, does a lot of like 
album photography and live photography and videos and stuff like that. They hired me to just do some like posters for them or they took existing artwork that I had for a band and they're like, if we get the band's permission, yeah. give you a couple bucks, can we put it in there? So that was always cool. Like these are the things that you don't think about are the things that stick in people's heads and help your career go. And and earlier when you asked like, you know, how do you keep doing this? It's those things that are not, you know, it's not what you're focused on. I'm focused on just like whatever project I have and then the next and the next. You just have no idea what kind of life it's going to have afterwards and how it's going to affect people, good or bad. Like people will get it tattooed on them. They'll yeah. they'll fucking bootleg it. They'll you know they'll <laughs> hang it in their damn living room. Yes, you know they'll make a poster for their own band with it, and it's just like uh, you know. But yeah. it's um, it's it's secondary and. Because of stuff like Guitar World and stuff like that, that's really d- is what helps. Um, when when was the first time you saw something of yours like unexpectedly and thought, "Well, shit, that's fucking cool." Uh, I think it was when I was underage and uh, in Milwaukee. There was this uh, this metal bar um, called the Unicorn. The metal's fuck. Yes. <laughs> hey man, we had Jack Koshik, we had Metal Fest, yeah. you know. And serial killers and shit like that. This guy, I was doing flyers for my friend's bands and the owner, can't remember his name, and we were trying to get into a show. We weren't, you know, of age. He's like, oh, hey, you're the flyer guy. Yeah, come on in. You want a beer? You know, and I'm like, oh, my mom never finds out. I'm so <laughs> Mom. Yeah. Mom, don't listen to that. No, no. Uh, and so uh, I think that was like unexpected, you know, because I'm left-handed. So I just felt assumed, cool as shit, didn't Yeah. You? I'm left-handed as well. And I, I just assumed I'm never going to be a musician. All my friends were <laughs> musicians. And, uh, you know, I was like, well, if I can't be in a band, I can at least be part of a band. Oh, and, yeah. you know, the one thing that I loved about comic books, skateboarding, and music was the art. So, you know, that was, you know, if it appealed to me, then I was going to give it a try. And to be, I guess now, sitting here, you know, 18 years later going, yeah, I'm a part of that. That's pretty weird to me. Um I think it's, uh, you know, if anybody even, you know, says hi to me, it's just so bizarre. Like, <laughs> what are you talking to me for? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, I'm looking for, you know, like, you have a name my pack? wallet. I'm kind of glad, you know, based on that, I'm kind of glad that we ended up doing this at my Brian's house instead of my house. Because as, as I mentioned, oh. uh, you know, as we were introducing ourselves. <laughs> he didn't want you to walk that, in. And yeah, you, if you, when walking into my house directly through the front first door, thing you see. the first thing you see are two pieces of Brian's work <laughs> and it's the, the Nosferatu and one of the Frankensteins and then you get down to the basement and that Queen's poster that I oh, keep cool. referencing is hanging. It, uh, keep up the good fucking Thanks, work, man. Well, let, I mean, let's wrap this up real quick but first I want to know Real quick about your your process, your medium. Where do you start with? Do you start with a pencil? Do you start with a pen? I mean, wait, wait, let's let's work up the process. Give me, we got time. Let's assuming you guys have time. Yeah, uh, your style has pretty clearly changed from start to where you are now. So let, let's do a, a quick dive into how that's evolved into the process or kind of time together. If you uh, want, I think when you start as an artist, you think. I'm just going to have this one style and that's all I'm going to do. You know, it's kind of like your your favorite band. You get mad when they change, but they need to change and you don't understand it unless you're going to go through that yourself. Things started taking longer because I was actually learning how to draw. So I now had to be conscious of like drawing things correctly or <laughs> doing design. Like I had to teach all. I, I'm an art school dropout. I dropped out after a year. 
And so um, I couldn't afford it. It's not like art school is hard. It's one of the easiest things to do. <laughs> right. I mean, that's why a lot of people do it because they're trying to like avoid real college. <laughs> and you don't have to take like SATs or any of that shit. So um, uh, the more I learned about art and the art that I wanted to do, things took longer. And uh, I had to really, really, really hustle when I lived in New York. And when I moved here, I was able to slow down a bit. And that was really strange to me to like, okay, you know, like... I got to make, uh, you know, 500 bucks this week or a thousand bucks this week. You know, how do I do this? Yeah. And, um, so, uh, that was around the time that bands started getting really, really cheap because they knew that they could make money with posters and they didn't have to pay artists to do it. So, uh, this one dude, he was curating stuff for the Melvins and Tomahawk and Swans and stuff like that. He's like, Hey man, you want to do a poster for Melvins? I'm like, yeah, yeah, that'd be cool and uh that's where the frankenstein piece came from they're like well we're not going to pay you and we want you to pay for printing and send us 100 copies and at the time i was like i need money you know <laughs> like what do i do I was like all right you know printing's going to cost this much uh how do i make it cheaper um and out of desperation i had to change my style overnight because i needed to get it done in 3 days instead of 2 weeks and Ooh. so out of just curiosity, I was like, well, what if I tried this and this and this? Because I've seen it happen in the screen printed posters that I've done in the past. So it's like, all right, cool. Um, fuck it. Let's see what happens. You know, I'm out, I like it. I'm, right. Uh, you know, it's like, well, if I can't pay my rent this month, I have money saved up. Or I start selling some books or some shit. And hopefully it comes back around, right? Um, and it ended up being popular and it was a happy accident. And, it, you know, I was telling a friend of mine, I was like, yeah, this, I'll probably... It's probably last like six months and I'll have to like change it up and ended up being like six years. And mm. uh, so now I'm I've kind of reached the this is all I can do with it. And there are enough younger artists and not so young artists kind of like I wouldn't say stealing, but being heavily influenced by it. So that's when yeah. you know, like, all right, well, now I have competition. I should I have to like go further. Yeah. Know, how do I go further? And so I've just been pushing the illustration stuff that I do because people don't know that I can draw. So now I'm kind of, now I have these dual styles, like personalities, and it's like, all right, do you want the anatomy or do you want me to do something a little more illustrative? And that is, has a lot to do with the influence of tattooing because I have to draw so much now. You yeah. know, when I did a, when I was just doing posters, I had to do like one or two posters a month. But with tattooing, I have to draw every day. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's like being a fat kid having to go up five flights of stairs. <laughs> you know, th you know, third flight, you're just like, fuck, hell with this. <laughs> yeah. Do your but do your posters start as hand drawings as all yes. on the uh, computer? So um, I still work traditionally. I just kind of draw something in my sketchbook. Um, from there, I will scan it. I will tweak it to. You know, make sure it fits the dimensions it has to fit in. You can't just draw something and just hope it fits. Right. And then I have to think about type and, you know, uh, how big do you make the band's name and then the information and stuff like that. And then as I'm drawing it, I have to keep in mind budget. You know, with screen printing, every color costs money. Right. It's not like regular printing where, you know, four-color printing is like it's two bucks either way. But with right. screen printing, it's like... Like the average poster probably costs like nine or ten dollars to make, to and you have to do at least a hundred. So you know you're looking at like nine hundred to a thousand dollars. Your client is going, what? You know, like we're not paying that much. Right. You know, so you have to kind of explain to them, like, well, if you have a hundred copies, you sell them for thirty bucks a piece. Do the math. You know, like you're you're investing, but you're making your money back. Right. Um, Easily. So yeah, I uh, just I I 
also everything I do is with a brush. It's kind of strange. Um, I grew up on comic books and I worked at a comic book store when I was a kid. And I, you know, I love that type of art. So I learned how to do like my ink drawings with a brush instead of a pen. And uh, so that's like a very antiquated way of working, but it works in my favor because younger artists who work digitally are like, how does he do that? Yeah. I can't do that digitally. How does he do that by hand? You know, so it's all just like practice and shit like that. And everything else is just for me right now. How good is the idea? Do I have a good idea? Because everything else I can kind of like, I've done it long enough that it's second nature. Now it's, did I, did I come up with a really clever take yeah, on this? Did, yeah, right. I got you. How do, how, what is the idea? Well, I guess is what I'm asking there. Cause that oh, man, sometimes it's everywhere, you, you know? know, like we posted one of your Deftones yeah. posters. Yeah, that was day. cool as shit. The Where snake the coming out of her arm. Fucking hell did that um, come from? Minerva? You know, um their right. song. Right. And I uh I never listened to Deftones because uh they came out the same time as like fucking Limp Biscuit and all that Corn bullshit. And all, yeah. yeah. And uh yeah, one time like I was supposed to do a project with Jonathan Davis and I didn't know who he was. But uh, that worked out well. No, it didn't. <laughs> uh, it was for like a TV show on serial killers. No, uh when Deftones had come out, I'd never heard them. I assume they're all part of that rap rock bullshit. And uh sorry guys if anybody's into that nah, stuff. You're good. They're mm. probably still wearing Junko and shit like that too. So <laughs> fuck them. I don't care. I got my, my skinny jeans on. Um but I heard that song and I was just so blown away by what I perceived of the band and what they actually were. Right. And um after that, uh, so basically it's based on the song Minerva, and if you do the Wikipedia, you realize, um, god damn, now I'm going to forget all this, because I haven't had to think about it since I did it, but uh, Cliff notes. Zeus, uh, it's Zeus's daughter, you yeah. know, and she's born of his, you know, like, just kind of like sprouts out of him, <laughs> and she's the goddess of war and something else, maybe knowledge, I'm not really sure, so I think I wanted to do the snake just because I wanted to, I just really liked drawing that stuff, and uh, um, I wanted to do more kind of attractive women but not like group you're not like uh exploitive but like good pinup art yeah, you right. know and uh so i hired a model and you know took some photo reference oh no it, shit and uh just kind of went from there and i was really trying to push more of that style and right after that i moved to, to ohio and doing stuff like that just took forever so i had to come up with something faster and now I'm kind of going back into Is that. Is that how the, the anatomy type thing was born? Yeah, yeah. You know, it was just a, it was a, you know, I got to think fast and I, you know, I need to make money. Right. And uh, yeah. it it surprised people. So it gave me another, you know, it breathed life into my career and my interest in art. So Nice. Uh, speaking of making money, I believe you have a 10-year anniversary book or something of this? Oh, no, no, no. I'm not trying to. Um, <laughs> uh, I was just kind of like going back all right what did i do this year yeah. and what's going on okay. and where am i going? i misunderstood that sorry um no i just uh i yeah i should have thought that one through but <laughs> you're fine uh like 10 that years ago 10 years ago i had like a book come out so i was pretty proud of that like as an artist you know you want to do the gallery shows you want to get that book you you're, you you want to see your artwork in a video and all that yeah. other crap and so i forgot about it and like you know i was able to accomplish a lot of those things and uh you know, it's like, okay, what am I going to do now? Like, do I celebrate this 10 years or do I pretend that didn't exist and <laughs> I just focus on what I'm doing now? And Celebrate it, man. Yeah, maybe. You know, to me, it's like a, um, I got interviewed by USA Today when the thing came out. 
Nice. And they're like, what do you think of this? And I got Was so their nervous. setup as nice as ours? <laughs> no, no. Not, <laughs> not even close, man. And uh, they're like, oh, you know, how do you feel about having a book come on? I was like, that's embarrassing. <laughs> I was like, it looks like a book of bad haircuts. And the guy just, the interviewer is just like, you fucking moron. <laughs> you know? Terrible salesman. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm a terrible salesman. Um, so, no. Uh, yeah, the book thing. Um, I'll probably be doing another one soon. Working with a photographer friend of mine on a huge project. He's he's a studio photographer for a bunch of bands, for a bunch of magazines like Rolling Stone, Spin, AP, all that stuff. So, he and I are going to um, kind of try this anatomy thing on a gallery level where... It was never a rock poster, you know, and, you know, we're going to use these icons where he owns the rights of the art where we can, you know, do this and see how big we can make it. Nice. I don't know. You know, it's, uh, you again, like, once you get past the fear of trying things and you realize you're not going to die, you know, <laughs> and you're, you, even failure you learn from because you're still around and right. you're still doing your thing, you, you know, like... I failed so many times, but I could still say I'm a professional artist. Yeah. You know? Yes. Um, I've lost so much money. So now it's what it like I, I I joke with young artists, it's like being an artist is all about what you can get away with. You know, it's like if I ask for this, will I get it? You right. Know? Like I did a project for Red Bull and Guitar Hero and they're like, you know, what do you want? I was like, Can I have like eight grand? They're like, Sure. <laughs> sure. Fuck, I should have asked I mean, for more. Can they're I like, have twelve grand? They're what like, What else would you like? I'm like, Can I have one of those Red Bull refrigerators? Sure. <laughs> can I have some Red Bull? How much do you want? And then I was like, Can I get a guitar hero guitar? And can I get the you know the game? And they're like, Yeah, go for it. And so, you know, stuff like that. It's uh you don't know unless you ask. And yeah, um, or try. Yeah. Or try. So uh they I, say that, that what's the saying? Something about the things that give you butterflies or the things that end up making memories. No, it seems like that. That's is, corny as shit. Yeah, I yeah. know it I'm is. Gonna, but it, is it works. I'm gonna edit that out. <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> the greeting card section at Target. Sorry, guys. Thanks, hey, Clint, for ruining. I made it 45 minutes without saying anything <laughs> idiotic. I was due. I took I took your place. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for coming, yeah, Brian. Man, man. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa! He gets the question. Oh, well, I didn't want to ask him because he didn't like it. No, no, he gets the question. Uh, You got to have the question. Oh, is it the Desert Island? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, man, fuck these dudes. (laughs) I'm going to go with uh, Beach Boys Pet Sounds. (laughs) No shit. Yeah. Awesome. That is such a good feeling album. I'm not going to argue with you. And it's influenced so many musicians. doesn't matter what they do, like Mr. Bungle, like fucking... um, God, what was that uh, first Mr. Bungle album with the clown? With the clown on it, the red. Like that's That's all Pet Sounds. Right. You know, and all the Mike Patton shit, like... Even California, you could hear so much Beach Boys in that. So yeah, I and uh, that's good island music, man. Yeah, you know. There you go. I could have gone with like uh, Getzgaberto. You know that shit's good. It's timeless. Sounds like you're in an elevator. Sure. <laughs> you know, Girl from Ipanema, or uh, uh, either that, or uh, I would have to go with the first Queens of Stone Age album. Yeah. Or uh, uh, Caius Circus Lee's Town. Sure. You know. Like those are also. I'm more really of a uh, the, the the other one, um, that desert sky sky valley. Okay, but uh, not gonna argue with some, you know semantics there. Oh no no like uh like blues for the red sounds really good. But right. Then you hear that they learn how to play their their instruments <laughs> after that, and then We're you're still just working like, on wow, that. holy shit, you know, and you, you, Josh Homme and Nick Oliveri and uh, fucking John Garcia and shit like that, like. You know, seeing them progress and being like, for me, I was young and everybody was listening to White Zombie or or, or Lincoln Park, and my friends are like, 
have you ever heard this band called Kias or <laughs> yeah, Kias or yes. whatever? Yes. And it's just like, no. And, you know, we started going to see them play and stuff like that and never realized I would ever get to work with them. You know, that was never like one of those things like, yeah, one day, man. Right. You know, uh, so, yeah, I don't know. And I could listen to, you know, Kias or the first couple of Queens of Estonia albums for, you know, every day. Right. I'd be happy with that. It's all fucking excellent stuff. Brian, it's been our fucking pleasure. Thanks, guys. Um, yes, no, not you, Brian. <laughs> Brian, our guest. Uh, and I <laughs> should you be hearing this, which you should be, <laughs> if you send us an email, we will put your name in a hat. Yes. And Brian will send you, should we pick your name out of the hat? It'll be... Brian a- will send you one of his pieces of art. Not my Brian, the cool Brian. I was thinking uh, I'll do like a... Like a mystery tube, so there will be a couple of pieces in there. And nice. Uh, as just a uh, thanks for listening to Epitome of Stupidity, you know. <laughs> and uh, you know, um, seeing what kind of interaction you get from people. That's uh, when when people hear free, they sit up and listen, and right. they'll, they'll actually do something. That's, that's kind of why I <laughs> saved it for the end yeah, there, yeah. but maybe I should have put it at the front. It'll but be on the know. post. Yeah, it'll be on the post. Email eo stupidity at gmail. Um, when shit. Use your email. To email us, possibly get free stuff from a cool artist. Sure. That, uh, that seems worthwhile to me. Stop looking at me. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming. Yeah, man. Appreciate it coming all the way out here to the sticks for this stuff. Um, we will be in touch. I will be, you will be making me bleed from my body from eventually. Your body. <laughs> I'm going to thank <laughs> you later. Look forward to that. <laughs> Brian is on all of the social outlets. He yeah. is on the Instagram. He's on the Facebook got a really clever he's on handle. the twitter it's brian ewing yeah. <laughs> <laughs> e-w-i-n-g yes. brian ewing yeah. brian links, with an i b-r-i-a-n links E-W-I-N-G. below to find him links there in the uh, post we are also on all the social places yep. um, instagram twitter all the other things i've already mentioned email again is eo stupidity at gmail.com bye bye yeah.